doing me better than you doing you. Don't be mad, cause I'm doing me better than you doing you. Better than you doing you. you. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spinning the One and Twos, 87737-GRIND, today's show. Uh, not there yet, but it's still being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Real quick, we actually meant to announce it in the last hour when uh, Lubbock joined us out at the score. Uh, for you out there in Lubbock, I think I know... Um, been notified i think about 30 minutes you probably missed the last segment because i think they're switching over to high school uh football school man i'll tell you that just proves to show you how big football is in texas when you have one of the best shows in the region get preempted for high school but we get it uh high school football so therefore the reason i'm giving you heads up because if you're in the lubbock area you can always keep in mind go to sportsgrindonline.com click the play button and you can continue on with the conversation but anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, so you have some corrections with me about my quarterback starting because I, I I got a double because I swear what I saw was like a total of different tw- like a total of twenty different you know quarterback. Maybe that's where I heard it, but I had the year wrong and the amount wrong. So what's the actual record of this little feat here we reached? Now the stat you might have found, and I haven't been able to find it myself, yeah. but it could be pro- something like t- you know total quarterbacks used okay, probably, or something like that. Okay. Um, but the ro- the record of note uh, mm-hmm. is from Josh Dubo at the Associated Press um, with T- Tommy DeVito being named the starter for the Giants this week. Mm-hmm. He will become the 10th as soon as he, of course, takes that first snap. He will be the 10th uh, non-replacement player season rookie starting quarterback. And that's, mm. that's a mouthful, but of course we had the replacement season back in the 80s when the mm-hmm. players were on strike. So um, non-replacement player season with 10 rookie starting quarterbacks. The previous mark um, since quarterbacks started, uh, st- starts began being tracked in 1950 was 9 in 2019. Okay, yeah, that is a mouthful. Pause. But yeah, I think in regards to... Uh, Probably got it twisted. I get a lot of information I pass by, and I'm not the person to always notate everything down um, that I don't really just say in passing. And I made sure I notated down that week one through five steps for that different defense compared to five to nine. But I kind of all, but yet still, just a lot of rookies, man. And just it's circumstantial, too. I mean, you got the injury situation. Um, and whether and again, it's rookies or not, I mean, what, Ripien over there in L.A., you know, replacing mm-hmm. Stafford for a bit, and you have injuries across the NFL otherwise, mm-hmm. to where you still have Brian Hoyer, to where you have other veteran quarterbacks also stepping in, which has made a fantasy yeah. hell. Um, I got a chance to see Ryan Tannehill. Uh, speaking of fantasy hell, just note, I don't do fantasy tips on this show. Some people ask me for fantasy tips anyway. I'm like, dude, I haven't won my league like in about four years because I'm paying attention to everything else. Um, some of you that were not patient with Josh Jacobs, you're going to regret it down the stretch. Trust me, I got him on uh, one of the leagues. It's been frustrating. Consider this guy was the leading rusher in the NFL last year. I don't know how many games they're going to win under Antonio Pierce in this internship and the staff. But Josh Jacobs is going to eat. It started last weekend, uh, feeding him the rock and getting it going. Now, granted, he missed the whole offseason, didn't didn't know if he was going to be there and all that. But a lot of it had to do with play calling the rhythm of it. But I think Antonio Pierce and this new offensive coordinator is going to really let him eat. And I don't know if y'all paid attention to the offensive coordinator. I uh, forgot my na- guy's name at the Raiders on how he really game plan. I mean, he took suggestions from – you can look at this two ways. You can look at this as like, wow, that's a new way to do things because that's how Raider fans trying to sell it to you. 
You know, I've got them on my timeline. I'm like, oh, man, this is – why couldn't Josh do that? I'm like, okay, well, you look at it as this guy's asking input from the running back position. The wide was like, hey, what do y'all like? What do y'all think about this game plan? Now, they went out and had their best offensive effort all season. But you could also look at, like, does this guy really know what he's doing? Well, they made him offensive coordinator intern right now. Uh, but Josh Jacobs, man, if you if you didn't – if you moved on from him or you let him go – you're probably going to be probably mistaken because I think he's going to eat pretty good. Watch Sunday night. Broken leg, Josh's golf season. Not funny, but anyway. But, yeah, what do you got? One last note on fantasy stuff. This week's bye week, the week 10 bye week. Yeah. No Chiefs, no Dolphins, no Eagles, Mm. no Rams. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, defenses, tight ends, everything is down. That's so why that, you hey my strategy take the under on fantasy teams this week. Well, I will tell you this. That's the reason why my strategy in my other league, not my deep league, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna stack them deep. I mean, I'm gonna basically take them off the market because you can't get them. Like I'm carrying, I mean, of course, I'm gonna be missing Tua and Waddle, but I'm carrying Tua, Russ, Pickett. And I think, do I still have Deshaun? I think I might have Deshaun. I I, I hoarded purposely, like three quarters. Like either you have to come trade or you're just going to be stuck with some boo-boo. But at the end of the day, I'm kind of climbing out of that hole. But, yeah, it's going to be tough for the fantasy of what you fill in. Uh, that's what you got to go. But I've got to decide. Like, And in the other deeper league, it's either Deshaun, uh, Deshaun, Garden Minshew, or Pickett. And I'm thinking, like, Pickett Ew. is so due, <laughs> man. I think I'm going to – I can't trust Garden Minshew anymore. I mean, I know they're going to Germany. And they're going to be playing New England. Um, there's something about that horseshoe that wakes up Bill Belichick. So I'm not going to go that way. But it's either going to come down to Pickett. Deshaun's only projected like 8.86 points in that. That's not a PPR league. But Minshew's like 8.3. But Pickett, I, something tells me I'm going to roll with Pickett because Pickett is due. Like it, there's, there's no way. There's something really wrong if Pickett goes this whole season and doesn't have a 300-yard, close to a 300-yard passing game then we'll really know this offense and this coordinator is horrible because at the end of the day, we'll see how it goes, but I think I might be rolling with Pickett and rolling the dice until, you know, cool heads propel. But on the other side of things, yeah, I'm going to be without Tua and Waddle, and on that one, I'll probably roll with, even though I know you're going to be handing the ball off a lot, probably going to roll with Russ, you know. See what he's like coming off the bottom, man. See if he can get some cheap ones in there. Cortland, you know fighting over somebody. Cortland's starting to look like a couple years ago, like that 2000 and well, what, what year was it, like 2017 Cortland's, I mean, going over the top on people in the end zone. Uh, they better push, man. If, if they didn't trade the people that I wanted to trade and I'm going to be sticking outside this top four or five come April, they better be. They better make a push. They're going to make a push because if they lose Monday night, I'm expecting them to win the next three games unless I'm going to be hotter than fish grease. Eight seven seven three. Somebody like, what do we do this for then? But and Sean, we trust. If people can say in pop, we and Sean, we trust. Right? Eight seven seven three seven grind. All right, man. I think that's all the inter- Oh, one more NFL note because uh, I meant to get this the other day. Chase Young said he had a quote a few days ago. I think it was Monday or so Tuesday. You know, he was traded for, and he said, "Hey, yeah, I said, I'm in the locker room with winners." Wow, shots fired. Well, Ron Rivera, I guess, got a wing of this. And then Ron Rivera was asked about it. And Ron Rivera, his only reply was like, we like the way we're going. We like the trajectory where we're headed, where we're going. I'm like, Ron, I don't know if you paid attention to Magic Johnson's tweets over the last couple months. I don't know. When you say where we going, you 
and Jack Del Rio and the whole good old boy system. I don't think y'all going on the commander's train past this season unless something crazy happens, turns around. The only way that's happening, Jazz have to find a way to get a wild card spot out of the East or overtake Dallas at that spot. And I don't know if that's happening. So I appreciate it, Ron. I know it hurts. You know, um, Chase, you know, we can be a little bit more professional than that because, brother, you, you're you part of the reason, too. You're part of the you're, – you're, the problems that's going on with the commanders, talent-wise, maybe all the years under Snyder, I get all that, but you're part of the problem, too. Another one of those guys that were a top pick, a first-round pick, top five, eight pick on that D-line that, in my opinion, that's over underachieved under the tutelage of Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. I digress. Eight seven seven three seven grind. Okay, now we can officially move on from the National Football League. Got everything out. Tomorrow we'll break down Week Ten. Got some games to get to. Um, of course, got another ditch. Got to get going on the foundation picks. Then one of them, one of my best on one of the worst runs I've been on in a while. But especially on the NFL. But we're gonna try to bounce back. We'll see if we can get that out to you before the end of the show tomorrow. Uh, or not when we got our football Friday. But let's talk a little bit about, because we didn't get a chance to go into like the college uh, top 25, because really there was really no changes, because I know I gave mine out yesterday, and I said there's no changes from mine for week one. Um, nothing really changed. I'm assuming nothing changed from the top four, but nothing changed from like maybe the sixth to eighth to ninth position, because that's really the meat. I think I don't really it's not necessarily to go to the 25, 15, 25, 10. I think the meat of this is really when you look outside the top four, the final four, you really want to concentrate, especially early on in these releases. You want to concentrate from the sixth spot, excuse me, from the fifth spot all the way. I think you can go to eight or nine. I think eight or nine is realistic where you can start looking to see like, okay, they play them. They're going to play them. So that could cancel that out. I think once you get into like 12, 15, later, those are teams that really need really a lot of help teams that are probably not going to be playing in their conference title games. So therefore where I'm interested is just, let's take a glance at, I would say we can go over the one to four, but I don't think any change changed from week one, their week one release, but let's look at that five through nine. Probably five through nine. Realistically, five to eight. But the sake the sake of this segment, we'll go five through nine. But I'm right. I don't think nothing changed in the top four. Uh, really, no change at all, except okay. for again Oklahoma with that loss. Because before in week one, the committee gave them because they were already coming in with the loss from Texas. So the they first week of the college football rankings, uh, the Halloween. So not necessarily. I don't want to say week one because I don't right. want to make anything confusing here. Uh, so the first college football rankings of this year, the playoff rankings, um, we had Oklahoma at nine. Uh, now Oklahoma finds themselves back at seventeen. Yeah, they're done for the so playoffs. So our first, again, the first college football playoff rankings that we had this year had Mississippi at ten, Oklahoma nine, Alabama eight, Texas seven, Oregon six, Washington five. Uh, this week now we've got Penn State climbing up into the top ten, uh, moving up one spot. That's a big game with Michigan. I think they've got Michigan this weekend mm-hmm. uh, with Huge. everything swirling around. You know, the last big game, Penn State, like normal, like usual, you know, they laid an egg kind of with Ohio State. That was their one chance to make. You know, I love Franklin as the, the head coach, but, he, you know, he that doesn't have a great record against top five, top ten teams, but that's a monster game. You got to wonder, 
Are, you know, is this eventually going to take a toll on the players in regards to distraction? Are we about to lose our season? Or, you know, are we, or is our coach going to get suspended? You know, they've handled it pretty much well for the most part up until now. But, you again, I've always preached this. Again, this is a 19, 18, 19, 20-year-old young man that sometimes, and especially in the day of social media, they're seeing all this stuff. Even if they're not at practice, they're in the dorm, they're at night, they've got buddies, you know, time to drink like, hey, bro, dude, what are you, y'all going to lose a season? They're walking around. They've got it. How do you deal with the distractions of that? Um, but, uh, yeah, that's a big game. And if I'm not mistaken, another huge one based off of, like, kind of where you were giving me those ranks tonight, who does um, – God, I had – Ole Miss has a good one this week. Um, Ole Miss – who is it they? Oh, I know. It's Missouri, right? Is it Ole Miss and Missouri? No. Oh, Ole Miss Ole? and Georgia. There you speaking. go. How could I forget? I knew it was Ten a big on one. one. Ole Miss and Georgia. Yeah, that's the one I was looking for. Um, but that's ten on one AP rankings. Uh, but Mississippi, because uh, I was actually just getting to them, they've they've moved up to nine, taking that's, Oklahoma's spot. That's a big one. I, I mean, I think Ole Miss. Uh, I think the offense. Um, you know, Lane Kiffin is doing what Lane does. The defense is okay. Uh, Georgia wasn't really tested. Um, you know, in their rival game versus Florida. Um, wasn't tested at Kentucky. This is one of those that is going to be very interesting. And you got to take your hat off to Kirby Smart because, you know, they went down. They, they're without their tight end, which is arguably the best tight end in college football this season. Definitely going to be a first-round pick. Um, and they've had they've they've adapted to that very well. But that is a big game this weekend, Ole Miss and Georgia. What do you got? And because of the, I guess what's at stake for both of the for for Georgia in this one, uh, this is their first, I believe their first ranked opponent all season. Um, you look for at, for who for for uh, Georgia. This is their first rank. No, mm-hmm. yeah, no way. They, I'll, I mean, I'll pull, uh, I'll pull up their. Schedule I think for are, you. okay. Are we talking AP ranked or are you talking about play college committee ranked? Well, ranked Either in or general. I thought um, Kentucky. I thought Kentucky was ranked when they played, but I think George, Georgia's had to play at least one ranked team before. Yeah, you have to double check that because I, I don't. I don't op- believe their that. opponents so far this season: UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina. Okay, they wouldn't UAB. Ranked. Did they play Tennessee? Didn't Auburn. they play Tennessee already? Uh, no, no, they haven't. No, that's played. later this month. So Auburn, okay. Um, but but the so again the stakes here, and then you've got Ohio State, which is what minus thirty five, um, you know thirty five point favorites on against Michigan State this weekend. So because they're so heavily favored and they have a cupcake, you look at almost strength of schedule for this weekend. There's a rumbling that Georgia, with a win over a convincing win over uh, Ole Miss. Could take the top spot I, I, in the CFP. I think that if they win, they should take the top spot. I mean, I don't think it has to be style points convincing. I mean, I'm killing you. I know you're just reporting the news, but the deal is, is that no, I don't. I don't think no. I think they should just win. They should already be there, man. I, I mean, damn, with the strength of schedule, haven't played a top twenty-five. They're the two-time defending champs. Like until they lose, and they haven't lost the game in a while. Like until they lose, they should be number one. Sometimes we out overthink this stuff, you know, along with the committee. But um, no, I, I'm glad you created. I knew it. I don't know why I said Missouri. They've got an interesting one too. I forgot where they go, but yeah, that Ole Miss. I knew they had a big one, but against Georgia, that is a monster one. Uh, real quick, I wanted to touch on this yesterday. Uh, speaking of Colorado Buffalo football, uh, and Coach Sanders, Coach Prime Time, I should say, or Coach Prime, excuse me. Um, the, you know, the 
situation with them the last few weeks has been they're continuing to struggle. Uh, they're on a skid losing game. They've got to still win two games, and I don't know where you find them at with the remaining games to get bowl eligible. But the second story behind them has been the offensive coordinator switch. Uh, going to uh, Pat Shermer, which is just, I've told you Monday uh, when we talked about it or Tuesday, he's just awful. Um, he's just awful. Might be a good man. I've never met him, probably never will. Um, you know, I've talked to people that's personally um, known players that played with him that even back when he was with Philly, just not, you know, there's, there's a lot of people feel like he got his job in the NFL off of uh, – like luck of a draw, okay? Dion made the switch to him as the offensive coordinator. Now, when he was – I knew Pat Shermer was on this staff come this spring, and and but I didn't kill it because I'm like, all right, man, these are young kids. You know, Dion again, is still kind of wet behind the year in coaching. This is a bigger – you know, this is a step up from HBCU. This is a Power 5 school. So I didn't really have a problem with it. Well, Coach Prime got a little bit testy when a reporter asked him again about the offensive coordinator switch, and we'll talk about that when we get back. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Spinner the One and Twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spinning the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We've been broadcasting here for the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, and this last segment of the day and the show is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks. They come in all different flavors, and they still have their Blazing Bloody Mary mix as well, too. Uh, Don't forget about that, but whatever you do, don't forget to Zing Zang responsibly. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, 
So let me finish my point about Coach Prime in this press conference surrounding Pat Shermer and um, the OC change. He got kind of testy just saying, hey, you're barking up the wrong tree, buddy. You're barking up the wrong tree. There's nothing here. And, well, you know, it's easy for y'all on the outside. I'm paraphrasing like I do. Um, it's easy for y'all on the outside looking in and, you know, change is going to made. This is what it is. That's the way it's going to be. Now, granted, Coach Prime showed up with candy. He was passing out candy to the media members. He's doing all that. Look, I've been the guy that's been defending uh, Coach Prime um, to the masters, to Jonas, to everybody else. But the reality of it is where I will say, like, look, this is and, – and, and, and Coach Prime knows this, man. I mean, he played in the NFL for a long time. I mean, even when he was at uh, Jackson State, there was cameras around, there was media around. But this is part of the deal when you come up and step up to a Power 5 job. And you've gotten the attention and you've gotten the the media attention and the run uh, from the players, from, you know, celebrities showing up, um, rappers, whatever. That comes with the territory. If they're going to ask you again. And look, I've never looked at Denver. I've followed the sports scene. I've told you this a thousand times since being in there in this market. You know, I've always paid attention to the Denver scene from afar, uh, even before, you know, getting in this market. So I've never looked at Denver media the way that I do New York and Boston. It's just not that. But however, there is winning. There's a lot of winning that goes on in Denver from the Colorado Avalanche, Denver Broncos, you know, um, they're going to ask. I mean, there's a lot of credible people down there. There's national writers and reporters that get a lot of coverage uh, nationally, um, you know, that, you know, cover the team, uh, cover teams down there, whether it's, uh, you know, Troy Rank, you know, whether it's Mike Kliss. I mean, a lot of these guys, I'm not saying they're covering Colorado, but, you know, you get the point. You're going to get those questions, man. I mean, and they're going to be they're going to press on that because at the end of the day, you know, I know how I felt about Pat Shermer. I mean, you know, I've felt it wasn't going to be no harm you know, or being around a bunch of 19, 18 year old, 20 year old young men. Uh, but the reality is when Coach Prime made this switch last week, there was really no difference. Um, his son is still running around to save his life. He's taking a lot of hits. Um, and the truth of the matter is, like I, I said this after TCU game when they won, you know, the one that you believe. I said this is not going to be fixed until the offseason. I mean, and that's the trenches. And there's a reason why Coach Prime couldn't get amongst the 80 transfer portal got kids. There's a reason why he couldn't grab some high-end offensive linemen. I mean, because I mean they're they're recruited differently to a certain extent. They're harder to come by, and you gotta really dig and be competitive, get those blue chip offensive linemen. Um that's where it's at. But I just wanted to bring it up because I thought, you know, I I love listening to Coach Prime talk. I mean, I did before when he was a player, even not a coach. But I was like, you know, come on, Prime. Like, you, I mean, I get it. I mean, he's on it. Because first of all, Prime ain't used to losing either. I mean, this is weighing on them too. What are they on, a four-game skid or five or something like that? Um, They've got to have lost like at least the last four out of five. After starting, They started 3-0. and oh, and they've got four wins, so they've lost like what five in a row? Uh, three games, kid. Feels like five. Um, it really does. Um, well, you go back to their last one was Arizona State at the beginning of October, and then they had the 
Idol Week yeah. wrapped up in there too. Uh, they are a month away from you know there was a, it has been a month since their last win. Yeah, so that's taking a toll on the coach and this and the truth of it is just to be fair about it, you know, because I try to be fair as possible across the board, whether it's a team I have interest in or not, and you know I want Coach Prime to be successful, but for the most part, this offensive line play, this bad play, it's on the coaching staff too. I mean, I understand they don't have the bros and joes, but honestly, I've seen coaches on different levels, the NFL and college, and he's got some NFL guys over there. You make adjustments on the offensive line. You've got whether it's a tight end pull in and we're going to chip, whether you say, hey, we're going to try this guy or we're going to give him help or we're going to move. They have done nothing from a coaching. In my opinion, they've done nothing from a coaching standpoint to improve the offensive line, what they can. 80% 80% of it is bros and Joes, Jimmy's and Joes, but 20, 20%, 30% of this could be better coaching in that unit. I've been meaning to talk about that, but I've been, you know, a lot of stuff to get through. But I wanted to point that out now that I was talking about his reaction to the media about answering him again about making the change to the offense coordinator. The bottom line is that this has not been a great job coaching wise um, by the offensive line. Like the defensive coordinator has been under fire. You know, this has been all this, but that all whoever is responsible for the offensive line. And I'm not saying it's an easy task, but there's been no adjustments attempted to be made. It's just like, man, we suck there. and We just going to take our lumps. That's the way it looks like from you on the outside looking in. What do you got? And the pressure is heating up. You got three games left to get. You need two wins to become bowl eligible. Uh, you're hosting number 23, Arizona, who deserves their flowers for how how they've either either handed ranked teams their first loss or just uh, or played it tight against some of the best, uh, definitely on the on the best in the West, but mm. um, nationally too. And you you finish the season with number 13, Utah, at Utah. Mm. Um, it's going to be difficult. I just it's it's tough. Cal, because I go back to before Halloween. I go to opening night in Denver for the Nuggets game, and they're sitting courtside. And I didn't like the look. You lose to UCLA that weekend that feels like one you could have got. You come back. I I don't blame the the Oregon State loss. Okay. Oregon State's top 15 in the nation. That could, that can, it can happen. But now you feel the pressure is on, and that's where you, you. And I feel like Prime feels it because he said in the press conference, "Do you realize how close we are to getting where we want to go?" Yeah, I did. Hear him say that. And you go back two weeks ago, and you didn't feel like you reckon, realized it, but now it, your 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 papers due in two hours, and you you went out and partied last night, and your papers due in two hours, and you need to get this paper done. It just feels like they missed an opportunity to stay focused. But see, Jonas, I don't think I see. I can't. I, I push back on you because I mean, you can talk about the optics, but it's like them going to a Nuggets game with LeBron in town is not the reason why this team is on a four-game skid and and basically really verge of where they're going to have to pull off a miracle upset to get both eligible. I think it's part it's of what, it. They've been feeling themselves I, I, all. They they they've bought into the hype, and part of it you have to you have to believe in yourself. You do, Jonas, but I I refuse to bang on young men. That live in this that that live in this world, okay. Pause. Yes. The, in regards to live in this world, 
that we're going to criticize them for going to a game and so happily that they are courtside and that I can't do that. And I think that basically, I mean, if you think it's a bad look, fine. I mean, I think we had a caller that was agreeing, saying the same thing, kind of what you're saying. I just disagree with y'all both. This is more to do with bad coaching, offensive line coaching, because I think this staff, I still stick by what I said. I think really it's one of the better like whether you just want to say roster name calling or whatever, it's one of the better coaches in college, you know, assembled. And I think they've done a good job under the circumstances when you have all these kids come together. But that offensive line has just not been coached right. It's a mixture of not Jimmy's and Joe's, but it hasn't. I don't see any adjustments. I mean, it, it, that's just what it is. So and and guys that have served time in the in the in the uh, in the pros. I'm kind of surprised and disappointed that they would not say, hey, this is let's try this because they're not. It's just it's, it's Sanderson running around and going away. But no, I can't go with it. That's your opinion. I can't go and kill. Him. I don't think that this is the reason why, because honestly, I don't even think it has to do with a lack of focus. It just has to be they're not they're good at skilled positions. They're not good at the meat and potatoes on what, and I think that's what Dion means about. Do you understand how close we are? He knows that now. Credit to Dion; he's been telling everybody, "Like uh, I'm a few dogs away." We a few, and he's really meaning about that offense a lot. Now, the crazy thing about it is, though, when it comes February and it comes to recruiting, they ain't gonna be. That's not gonna be that easy to go fix. Like you're gonna have to put in some effort. Like when you look at Notre Dame. Let's look at the offensive line schools that get guys to go, you know, shake Roger Goodell's hand. Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and Iowa to a certain extent. Iowa's more kind of been this tight end kick of late. But those three, Iowa can get, but really the cream of the crop is Notre Dame and Wisconsin. That's where you find the hogs. And you can find them sometimes. You get an Alabama kid, you get a Georgia kid, but I get But if you're really talking about schools that groom and, and they groom and they breed these guys, it's those schools. So, they they can sit there and they got them just like you want to sit there and say, well, Nick Saban keeps D linemen coming in. Georgia Kirby Spark, man, they keep these D linemen just coming. Iowa, Wisconsin, they keep the off. That's years and years of being dedicated to recruit, knowing that region and those guys and coaching the right way to offensive line. So my point is, before we move on from this, this is not going to be this is a big problem, but this is not going to be, in my opinion, this is not going to be that easy of a fix for Coach Prime. Okay, we're talking about like a two-year window, I believe, of recruiting and really trying to get that line. I mean, uh, you know, DeSure Sanders, DeSure, he'll probably be gone by then. I don't think he's coming out now. And, you know, Dion was asked about that, too, in this press conference. About it. He's like, look, he goes, why do we want to go anywhere? We having fun. Why do we want to go anywhere? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we? Like, damn. Why don't the son say, hey, dad, man, quit the little jerk and give me one of them wings. What if he says, hey, I want to go ahead and go. I doubt it. He's not going anywhere. But the case is when Coach Prime, I know I think he was on the Dan Patrick show, and Dan asked him about NFL. Like, do you want to go? And Dan said, no, man, I'm not an NFL guy. Because those rumors, oh, he's going to leave. You know, Jerry's going to come in. He said, look, man, I'm the type of guy, since I played this game, made a lot of money at this game, and Dion's not lying when he sits there and says, hey, I have a respect for this game for what it's given me and my family. I'm, if I'm coaching the NFL, I'm the type of coach, we go in the locker room, with 52 guys and we come out at halftime, I got 36. Meaning like you can't, the greats, and Dion is the greatest cornerback to ever live, in my opinion, and in my lifetime. 
And there's no way you get guys like that can go, especially defense that can go coach guys that are getting paid, not college kids that's getting a little NIL money. I'm talking about guys that got, you know, corners that got $20, $30 million guaranteed, $80 million contract. Coach Prime ain't going to coach those guys and they don't see the effort and all that. He'll go crazy. So I never really bought into it. I believe him when he says he's not an NFL guy. And I think really from the HBCU at Jackson State to now, he is a guy that really wants to impact young men's lives in kids' lives, especially, you know, uh, kids that come from different circumstances, tough circumstances, whether you're white, Caucasian, you know, Caucasian, Asian, Hispanic, or African-American. I think Coach Prime takes pride into coaching young men and getting them to adults and getting them ready to get to that next level. So that's kind of my opinion on that. 877-37 grab. But he's got to understand those questions are fair and they're coming. Because I didn't see any – because, you know, trust me, I want to defend him when I think it's, it's crazy and it's just hatred going on. But at the same time, that press conference – and I mean to get to this on Tuesday, but when that press conference was like, hold on, man, they're going to ask you because I didn't see a difference. And I don't even like the guy that you chose to be. He shouldn't even be – coaching in my opinion anyway he's not a good coach in Pat Sherman he's not and he's had plenty of opportunities and if you want to talk about somebody being outdated it's Pat Shermer. 877-37-GRIND so also um real quick so I touched on everything I kind of wanted to NBA wise uh we went over that I don't know we've got a light schedule tonight uh because like Jonas alluded to tomorrow is the return of another round of the midseason. So is this like made for TV Friday weekend stuff we're doing? Is this what the NBA set? This is how this is going to play out? This is all going to tip off on Fridays throughout the season? The in-season tournament is scheduled, yes, to where it's going to be like uh, these nights right. are reserved. Yeah, The courts are horrible, by the way. I'm not a fan of it. You don't like it. the middle stripe? No, I'm not a fan of it. Like what? See, that to me, that's gimmicky stuff, man. That is. That's like that's made for like if you if if it's gonna be a good product and the guys are gonna be so excited to compete and they're gonna have a chance to win a bonus or but then why do you gotta put lipstick on it? Why do you gotta put a short skirt on, man? That stuff is just like I just don't like it. I just don't. I, I'm not a, even a big fan of the uniforms, but that is just too. I mean, come on, that's Oregon Duck stuff. Like, I, it reminds me of looking at Oregon's basketball court. I mean, you're you're trying to attract 18, 19 year old kids to come play at your school. You got to have eight uniforms, different uniforms. You got to have a color court. Your mentality when you get to the pros, like that court change, is doing too much, man. It's just doing too much. You, you when you're that's what I, when you when you're an attractive woman or you're an attractive man. Let's just stick to the woman because that's more easy for me to talk about. But when you're an attractive woman, you don't need to be sitting there pounding on cake and on makeup. You don't need to be going out of your way, you know, to put down other women. Oh, girl, she don't even look at her. She shouldn't even walk out with that dress. When you are confident in something and a product that you're putting out there, you don't have to do the bells and whistles. That's too much for me. And I meant to say this coming in this week after Friday. Other than that, I'm trying to be positive about it. But come on, man. Come on. It's too gimmicky. Well, for tournament Tuesdays and Fridays, I, I like the fact that you do have the change. Because when you're looking at the, the tape afterwards, when we see highlights and film and stuff, it does help you to understand, again, the scenario it's right. a reminder. Basically, you're trying to say it's a reminder for you, the casual fans. I mean, we cover it every day, but the casual, oh, it's tournament time because look at the court. No, no. I'm saying that oh. when you go back, 
like when we when we review highlights and stuff like that at the end of the year, or if you're looking at tape or, or, or the highlight play or something, you can be like, oh, well, that was a tournament. No, that happened in the tournament. Because you've already, we've talked about before, or, you know, about this, about whether the uh, approach would be different for teams in the tournament. Do Would you take it more seriously? It's going to help for the packaging and the branding of the tournament by the NBA next year um, for it to all have a uniform look to separate the in-season tournament games from the actual regular season without them being separate entities. I'm all okay. for it. Yeah, I know you can sell anything, man. You know, you can it's sell like when pro- it's like when the Thursday night footballs used to have color rush jerseys. I know, man. You try to send it. You try to sell anything uh, that you support. I get it, but that's a go go. No, I mean it's my opinion. And people, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people like the crowd. I just to me, it's just it's corny, man. Like if it's really about the midseason, basically you said kind of what I'm saying though. It's like. It reminds you this is a tournament game because, honestly, if they didn't change the uniforms, if they didn't change the court, if you were just coming home or getting off work, you turn it on Friday, say, so like, oh, okay, Golden State's playing Dallas or Dallas playing. like, But you see that court because I guarantee you there's a lot of people that don't follow the offseason. Everything goes on like the people in this industry and you're just a regular cat likes basketball. When you tune in to Friday, you had to ask, like, what the hell's going on? Oh, what? This MC. So now it gets imprinted. So that's why I'm asking you, like, if this is a every weekend that these tournaments going to go because when you. Tuesdays see, and Fridays. Yeah, so now when you see that court, it's like that. And that is probably the reason why, because really it doesn't go with anything. It's like a different color. It's just, it is what it is. And maybe I'm just the old guy uh, that doesn't like stuff force-fed, but that stuff is all made for TV. You know, it's all fluff for TV. Golden Bachelor. How did you like those snow-capped helmets, though? For the Broncos? Yeah. Oh, man, come on, man. <laughs> It's home run, man. Anything the Pinter Group, yeah, little gimmicky, I mean, Cal. No, little man, that's that's legit. Unnecessary. Why, no, why, man. Is, what, what mm-hmm. makes this? What makes this game? Oh, different I'm sorry. Than I'm sorry because Denver, Colorado, is known for the beauty. I mean, they call it God's country for a reason. It's it's known for the beautiful snow capped mountains and everything. I'm sorry, that goes right with the whole theme of the cap. Not why a big old, not a it. big old splash of paint in the middle to be like it, it's. It, I mean, it looks like a court that you would make need a cheat code from a video game, a 2K, to say if you want to change the color of the court a up b down push push x y put in this code that's what it is man i'm trying to be fair i'm not talking about the product it's just too gimmicky you know for me so there you go all right man that is a wrap for today special thanks to the producers of the show jonas clark san antonio el paso abilene people up in lubbock people up in the maha city in denver colorado people up in tyler people down the whole 305 south florida region and my people down laredo when that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you to snooze button for you out the rack just ask yourself you grind in peace see you tomorrow When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos X Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos X responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave.
Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 